0: Rise and shine, my little friend. This is Ants Under the Sun. Let's observe. The Whales of August. An American movie released in 1987 about two aged sisters reflecting on life and the past. The movie stars Bette Davis and Lillian Gish, the former one of the greatest actresses in Hollywood history, and the latter bearing the title... The First Lady of American Cinema. Powerhouses in 20th century film. This is less about the movie and more about the medium itself. Film. It's also a bar. Let's go get a drink. In 2015, while on exchange in Tokyo, I was searching for new places to check out and explore. It caught my eye. Because this place sounded very... Strange. It was named after the movie, and it's not one people commonly talk about in Japan. I'm a bit of a film lover, you see. I've always been a big fan of films in general. It shaped a big part of my viewing the world growing up. Films can teach you how to feel, especially. I would always quote lines to my friends like, We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race and the human race is filled with passion. And medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. Robin Williams, Dead Poet Society. An amazing quote and always close to my heart. One of the greatest minds to have ever walked this earth. But the bar itself stuck on my mind. Needless to say, I had the perfect excuse to visit, a date, to be with someone I was interested in. She was a fan of movies too. This was my chance to get closer to her. We could go check this place out together, I told her. She nodded, smiling, and off we went together. The sign is a small bright square with a Japanese kanji for the movie name hung beside the wall. Five to ten minutes walk from Shibuya station. Hidden on such a busy walkway, you would never know that going downstairs here would lead to this. Small and cozy, filled with oak and vintage tables and chairs, I could walk from one end to the other, and it would only count up to seven to eight steps. The bar counter spread across one side, lit up in gold light, with a number of bartenders shaking their mixers. Collected bottles of all kinds, all around. Japanese murmurs and conversations filled up the intimate place. It was like a film set, except there were film posters all over. We walked in with creaks on the wooden floor and sat in the corner, and this dapper-looking gentleman in a black vest and white dress shirt with a lean slick back and trimmed beard brought in the menu. He asked us, What movie would you guys like to drink? The special part about this place, every cocktail is named after a movie. These bartenders were all film lovers. They are crazy about cinema. They'd go to the theater and they would get the best seats, probably a little further back and in the middle and would watch things in advance. Whatever they take in becomes inspiration for them to make the cocktail, all for us to experience. This taste was their interpretation of the movie And that is amazing to me. It was a Japanese-only menu. There was no English whatsoever. My date, curious as I was about this place. The lovely girl she is would order a movie. Breakfast at Tiffany's. I wasn't sure what to expect yet, of the date and of the drinks, so I went with a safer option. Titanic. Sure, he said. One breakfast at Tiffany's and one Titanic. (laughs) Understood. I forgot about Tiffany. I never watched or tasted it. But a Titanic was a cocktail mix with a blue liquid and Alize with a giant rock of ice in the middle, representing the iceberg. Sipping it slow, it had a sharp, sweet taste, and the heavy rock crashed on my cupid's bow, spilling the liquid slightly. I needed a tissue, and she had one on hand. And that was lovely. They were extremely creative with their drinks, and we had more. Throughout my year in Tokyo, I went there multiple times. With friends, dates of other girls, but mostly with the one mentioned before. As we became serious, I went there more and more. I was hooked. They got me. But me and her had a falling out, and my heart broke. I couldn't share that with anyone. Tokyo is a cold city. We're not encouraged to open our hearts up to each other. The culture rarely recognizes individuality. It's not that you are ousted, but that you don't fit. And if you don't fit, you don't belong. This can split the person into one of two ways. Either that you don't fit, therefore you are sad and you don't belong. Or that you don't fit, therefore you are free to be who you are without repercussions. It took a while to learn the latter. The frustration from a broken heart for the time being made me want to drink my sorrows away. My shelter from all that was the Whales of August. I became more and more fascinated with what the bar had to offer, especially the people who worked there. There was so much passion in these drinks. I went there frequently by then, mostly alone, multiple times. I would just talk with the head bartender, and we would talk about film. What he would recommend, his most creative drink, what were our biggest disappointments, which films were we looking forward to, the medium itself, How did film teach you how to feel? How to react? What made you cry? What made you feel more alive than ever? Who can pull you into the world? Who can keep your heart racing throughout? In between all these conversations, I tried it all. From Star Wars, all the episodes to Braveheart. From Austin Powers to Mad Max. Each episode was different for Star Wars. Some had the colors of hope. Others read like the Sith, and Episode 7, which just came out at the time, had multiple lightsaber sticks to match. Braveheart was a hot whiskey, because they can never take away our freedom. Austin Powers was a huge assortment of cut-up fruit into a tall glass with pineapple as the base, a summer shagadelic drink. Mad Max was very simple, a thick, white, milk-like liquid in a glass. I was confused when I ordered it first, but the waiter explained it best. White, like the milk that the obese women used to keep Immortan Joe alive. Ah well, I downed it in one go. But none of them could beat the best of the best. My favorite movie, Rebellion. It's the name for the Japanese release. In English, it's the movie called Equilibrium. The movie is a 2002 dystopian science fiction film starring Christian Bale, and it focuses on suppressing our emotions to maintain peace. To give you an idea, the world was at peace and made all forms of art and items that provoke emotion illegal. Every day, they take a drug to suppress their emotions, and our main hero, Christian Bale, forgets to take his dosage. And all hell breaks loose. I would go to the bar when I'm sad, or when I just want to drink all my troubles away, and he would know. I would sit all alone at the corner, and the main bartender would ask me, Hi, it's rebellion as usual? Ah, yes. Rebellion as usual? Yes, please. Yes, please. He would make me a rebellion. A rum mix, I believe. It was a pitch black cocktail to represent the black coat Christian wears in the movie and a few tiny snacks within it. That was the medicine used to suppress their emotions. The bartender would support me by making me this drink. It's ironic, isn't it? The theme of equilibrium was to not show your emotions to other people. But that was the conflict, the wrong side of society. And in the end, the movie teaches us the importance of it. Opening our hearts out to each other. Becoming vulnerable. For me, rebellion was the same. This drink was the message of the bartender, telling me, It's okay for you to feel this way. I'm giving you permission to feel this way. Here, have a drink. I always had a rebellion at the Wales of August. My relationship with the bar had always been gentle, warm, like the bartenders themselves. But I've never told him that I never watched Whales of August. I didn't want to risk losing that connection with them. The rebellion was my medicine. And I needed it to keep going. Why do we put such a great importance on movies? Is it because of the ability to provoke us? To evoke this strange fire inside us so that we feel? Or that we can experience what the director did? from a first glance at the script. Their efforts to take it to the screen, the camera shots, the close-ups, the colors, the delivery of the line. What did they all mean to us? As I reflect on my life and my own past, just as Bette and Lillian did, far away in a different country, I wonder just how much film had made an impact on me. A vehicle for story, in this case, my own as I wander from place to place and struggle having my heart broken again over time and to have it sewed again in different places and reborn again when i meet new faces oh the traces of who i was back then are so little now for i'm a person greater today than who i was all the days before whenever i say i have a gentle relationship with film How it warms me and teaches me to see the world, to go and explore. I picture kind and supportive, like a mother to her child. For me, that mother is a place and the people in it. It's a bar called the Wales of August. The memory of that place is so dear to me. For photographs fade... But memories live forever. The sun is setting, my little friend. Back into the burrows. Ants Under the Sun is a podcast created, hosted, and written by Norman T. Chela, a Malaysian of the Iban tribe, from Borneo Island. That's me. The songs used in this episode were the following Opportunity Walks, Hard Boiled, and Mesmerized From Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com Sound effects are obtained from Zapsplat.com For more on this show, you can check out That's The ants Once again, That's The ants It's where I house all my other shows too